All right, go ahead. Fire away. You know, I have a vision of what this defense is supposed to look like, and I have very high standards for the defense. Hey, this is Irv Smith Jr. of the Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Irv is going to blow away anything that I even thought that I accomplished. And I liked football. Irv loves football. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your hosts, Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. Right, everyone, welcome in. It's episode three of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Wabi, joined as always by co-producer and co-host Chris Corso inside the radio studio at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, ready to get rolling on another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. What's up, Chris? Guess what, Wabi? What, dude? We play a game this week. Yeah, man, it's game week. Let's go. Are you pumped for that? I'm excited. I got yeah. a uh, rock star on a Tuesday here. I see that. I'm ready. To, normally, it's rock star Mondays for me oh, during yeah? the season. Today, it's Tuesday, and we are we are stoked and ready to go. Because you need it, because it's a short week and it's a game week. That's right. It's a sneaky short week, by the way, because you think it's a four-day week because we play on Friday, but it's really kind of a three-day week because we travel on Thursday to play on Friday. So it's one of those sneaky short weeks in the preseason, and um, Chris needs his rock star energy ring. So it's coming. I'm go. ready to go, right. and uh, what better than right. to start off in New Orleans? Yeah, we have uh, a bunch to get to in Episode 3 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. That's going to include an interview that we did, that Chris did, with Irv Smith Sr. That is right. Not Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr., with his father, Irv Smith Sr., so we're going to get to that later on in the show. We've got a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about preseason game number one. Uh, we'll get to some fan voicemails. We have a surprise coming up in the show that I think you guys are going to like. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be pretty busy. Um, but first, something happened yesterday, Chris, that got a lot of people's attention. That is right. On the internets. And it does every summer. It's, I don't know what this is. It's like it's a rite of summer. When teams do this, it's for some reason a big deal. And I'm going to leave my commentary for now at that. But why don't you explain why the depth chart release is such a big deal? Yeah, so right before the first preseason game of the season, um, we release our first depth chart of the season, and that pretty much lays out all the positions for the Minnesota Vikings. We are at 90 players currently, and we will be at 53 come week one of the season. So we are laying out 90 players on our website and where they fit, who's ahead of who, who's behind who, where the rookies stand. Um, it's something that I put on Vikings.com, and I freaking make sure that it is correct before I publish. <laughs> it needs to be correct. Yeah, <laughs> when no I one... publish that thing, it needs to be correct because I think there were about 10 to 15 reporters in the Twin Cities area that just copy and paste it and yeah. give their reaction. So if something's off, not, not a good look for us. Okay, so... My whole thing on it is, I, I mean, I get it. It's a big deal because the team releases it, so it's like an announcement. And really, it all comes down to the fact that we have to, um, you know, we have to send out our weekly release. I mean, that's that's what it is, and the depth chart's in there. So this is a big deal to a lot of people. But I mean, really, like we nothing. We didn't find anything out, did we? I don't think there's really much to find out. Obviously, um, 
it's kind of funny. This is our highest viewed article on Vikings.com, usually every season by the fans, which is kind of tells you how intrigued the fans are um, by the depth chart release. But to be honest with you, not much to really get yeah. crazy about. So here and here's here's one of the big reasons is the Vikings are returning 17 starters from last season, including 10 of 11 defensive starters if you include Anthony Harris instead of Sendejo. I think that that's a and big Shamar reason. And Shamar Stephen was with us a few years ago, right. and he, and he's a starter. So. so no one's really surprised at who was listed as starters or really who's listed as backups, and. You shouldn't really – I mean, you, you should take it with a grain of salt because we haven't even played a preseason game. With all that being said, the one area maybe that is interesting to look at to see how it's laid out is the offensive line. Absolutely. And so that went Reef left tackle, Elf line left guard, Bradbury center, Klein right guard, and O'Neal right tackle. So if folks are wondering who's starting at right guard – Right now, head coach Mike Zimmer says if we played a game right now today, it would be Josh Klein. Yeah, remember that there are three new spots on this offensive line. Pat Elfline played center this year. He sh- uh, last year he shifts to left guard. Rookie Garrett Bradbury takes on center, and free agent acquisition Josh Klein will be the right guard. So um, that's the way it would shake out if we started to play games and. Um, yeah, so it's an improved offensive line. Oh, yeah, it is improved from a personnel standpoint. Now we want to see it on the field in these games. Um, what I think is interesting is how, how the team will end up laying out the depth, especially along the interior, because you're going to have um, Elfline at left guard and Bradbury at center. Who's the backup center? You know, because is, is, it, is it someone like Brett Jones? Veteran. Or is really your backup center Pat Elfline? Absolutely. Right? You got a lot of options. Because so then let's say Bradbury is unavailable. So now you're thinking about sliding Elfline over to center, right? And now now who's your left guard? There are and, options. There's new um, acquisition Tyler Catalina from the Redskins. There's Dakota Dozier, who was signed as a free agent from the New York Jets. So Danny Isadora. Danny Isadora. Avian Collins, exactly. if he's healthy. Drew so, Samia. Yeah, Drew Samia. So, so the question is, how? I guess it, it might it might depend on how long Bradbury would be out in this hypothetical situation as to whether you move Elfline over or not. Because one one could theorize that if it's an extended absence for Bradbury, then it makes more sense to move Elfline over. But if it's just a short absence for Bradbury, then maybe you just kind of stick it out with a, a Brett Jones type player. So, And it might also depend how is Elfline playing. If Elfline is playing at an A level, then you're not going to want to mess with left guard just to help you get by at center, right? You're, gonna wanna, you're not going to want to mess with two positions because you have a problem at one. So I, I just think that's going to be really interesting to see how that's laid out. And you, I think, said Dakota Dozier, right? Did you say that name? I or did. did, I? I, yeah, did you say did. that name. So that's a name that I don't just. I think it just doesn't get talked about. But do you know how he came here? How did he come here? He's a free agent from where? The New York Jets. And where did Rick Dennison come from? The New York Jets. I mean, so that probably line coach. that probably means a little something. That's right. Um, so I think he's a name that doesn't get mentioned very often, but um, could could be a factor on. Uh, decision day when when the rosters are cut down to 31, which is on August 31st. So uh, that's a little bit on the offensive line. No surprises really across the board. Um, 
Did you happen to take a look at the punt returner and kick returner? Who was listed there? Was it BB and Abdullah? I did. That is another area where we obviously have to look at because we do not have Marcus Sherrills, who did a lot of the returning last season. So if we look at the kick returner, the number one guy on there would be Amir Abdullah, who obviously did a little bit of that last year and uh, will continue to obviously do some of that this year. And for punt returner, he's listed as the top option as well. Oh, okay. So it's um, both. Yep. Chad Beebe's behind him on punt return, and Jeff Bidette is second on kick returner. Um, So that is a position that's obviously wide open for some of those young playmakers and some of those veterans to, to grab. Yep. All right, let's move on to um, to what we have coming up next, and that's the uh, the interview, our guest um, for Episode 3 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It is Irv Smith Sr. Now, uh, the relevance here of this is that, obviously, Irv Smith Sr. is the father to Irv Smith Jr., the Vikings' second-round pick. You heard Carl Eller announcing the selection of Irv Smith Jr. as the Vikings' second-round pick, number 50 overall in the 2019 NFL Draft. Now, Irv's Irv has some roots in New Orleans. That is That's right. where our first game, preseason game is. It's in New Orleans, and it is on Irv Smith Jr.'s birthday. So it's sort of, you can kind of see how it's all coming together. Now, another thing you're going to notice about this is Chrissy gets his bully on because he makes a grown man cry. <laughs> you made Irv Smith Sr. cry. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. I had this like little thing prepared for him, which you will hear in a little bit. Um, but yeah, he did. He did take out the old handkerchief. I don't right. know. I don't know how he was. Pre- pre- he was prepared with a handkerchief in his pocket. You'll kinda, see that on the video. By the way, I kind of like that. Um, that move, the the handkerchief thing, like yeah. that. That's an old school like. <laughs> he had classic it in his pocket. Move. He was ready to go. I might. Uh, I might start carrying one around. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe Lacroix can get me a Vikings logoed handkerchief. Huh? How about that? I mean, I'd love that. Steve, if you're listening, close close caption, please uh, <laughs> a close circuit to Steve Lacroix. Please get me a Vikings themed handkerchief. And I, I'm not a pocket uh, square, Steve, because I know you got a Vikings. Uh, logoed pocket square. That won't do. I need like an actual <laughs> handkerchief. Anyway, all right. Irv Smith Sr. Uh, sat down here in the radio studio and chatted with Chris Corso a little bit earlier here in training camp. Here's what it sounded like. So we're with the man who brought Irv Smith into this world, and that is Irv Smith Sr., not Irv Smith Jr. How's it going today? It's going great. Good to be here. Are you just excited just walking around this beautiful brand new building and to see where your son comes every day in Minnesota and how he's working in this building to get ready for his first season in the NFL? It's mesmerizing. As I walk through the, the building, I remember back to when I played ball in my rookie year in New Orleans and our, our facility, actually my second year in New Orleans, we, we literally, uh, our facility was a was two double-wide trailers put together Oh wow! because our facility before that burnt down mysteriously. And it was a good reason it burnt down. And then eventually we got a new facility. It was it was nice, yep. but nothing like this. This is pretty spectacular. It really is. We used to be out in Winter Park, which was a little different feel. It was a smaller type, old old school building. But this building has just brought the best out in our players. And Irv's the, the next guy who's going to be able to uh, enjoy this building. But first, I want to play a soundbite for you from Irv's first moment where he finds out that he became a Minnesota Viking. All right. We need that playmaker, another playmaker on offense. Irv Smith. Okay, get him on the phone. Buy someone? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mind if we pick you? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Okay, uh, we're going to turn your name in, and uh, congratulations, you're a Minnesota Viking. 
the Minnesota Vikings select Herb Smith, tight end from Alabama. What are your emotions? I mean, you can see your eyes in the video. They're getting a little teary there. I see you tearing a little bit right now. I mean, had you, had you heard that phone call before? I did, and I've seen it on video many times, and every time I see it, I get emotional because it was just a special moment for my son and our family, so it was exciting. It really is amazing to see, and, and you're the first person he hugged. The moment was special, you know, for him to, you know, I just wanted to see him achieve his goal, which was to get into the NFL and, and be able to make an impact. And truthfully, we had no idea Minnesota was even on the uh, the scale of even looking at him because, of course, uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, fellow Notre Dame guy as well. That's right. And so, um, you know, thinking that, hey, they already have an amazing tight end, you know, already they wouldn't be picking a guy early. But then, of course, when you look at the dynamics, it makes sense. And I think that's why you have great general managers and coaches because they, they can see the things that we don't see. Now talk about that. Kyle Rudolph obviously went to the University of Notre Dame and you guys had that connection. And, and what better player for Irv to kind of come in under and learn with. And obviously the two tight end set is going to be a big deal for us this year. Well, it's, it's pretty funny. I met Kyle probably five, six, seven years ago back at Notre Dame. We did a football camp or a little thing on campus together. And we, we met and exchanged phone numbers just coincidentally. I mean, years ago, who would have ever thought? So right after he got drafted, it, it probably wasn't an hour later. I sent him a text and said, hey, Kyle, this is Big Irv from Notre Dame. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a favor. Would you, know, would you look out for Junior? I, you know, and, That's he, awesome. and he texted me right back and said, Big Irv, listen, he said, I will help your son become the best player he can be on and off the field. And you, there's no greater feeling knowing that your son's going to a, a unfamiliar place, but he's got somebody like him who, yep. pro bowl guy, a perennial guy. I mean, this, this guy is the epitome of what you look for. And for my son to be able to play with him every day, to me, it's such a blessing. Kyle Rudolph was almost a, he was a finalist for the NFL Community Man of the Year last year. And wow. he obviously has done all this work here with children, children's hospitals and everything like that. Couldn't be a better guy to learn under. Um, Irv Smith's the youngest tight end drafted out of this class. I mean, that is unbelievable. Well, I was actually told he's the youngest player on the NFL roster right now. You know, his birthday is actually next uh, Friday, which is our first game against the Saints, the team I Can got Can he have a drink him. yet? I think he's still 20, right? Oh, well, <laughs> he, he, he hasn't had a drink yet, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, it's, it's good. You know, for him, it's going to be a homecoming. He was born in New Orleans. I played there. He went to high school there. And now he gets to go back with, with his team, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, to, to, to compete in his first game ever in the NFL on his 21st birthday. And I'm just looking forward to being there and supporting him for that. So this episode's going to air right before that game. So just, I mean, what is that going to be like for your family to have the first game that he plays on an NFL field is going to be in the town, the, just, just the city that he grew up in, the city that you played in? Yes. it's Well, you know, like I said, he was born. And at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be so many – Family members there. My mother's flying down with me from from Phoenix to go to the game. I have a few cousins going. I have some uh, nephews and people coming from all over the country. But then in addition to that, there's probably going to be 50-plus people in the stands that live in New Orleans or the surrounding That's areas. Awesome. Because, of course, he played high school football there. Um, looking forward to seeing his, you know, his high school coaches and teammates and things like that. So we're just excited about it, and, and I couldn't, we couldn't have picked a better script for this way to happen. When Irv first came in the building, he said to us that you said to him in high school he could be a fast tight end or a slow wide receiver, 
and he decided to be a fast tight end. I think it worked out pretty well. Well, I actually <laughs> I told him from the time he was probably about six years old. Actually, wow. and, and and the truth of the matter, I mean, I've always been a, a big guy. I mean, I was always, you know, I was a fast tight end when I when I grew up. I ran a you know four or five in the forty, and I, I was I was I was quick. I played baseball. That was my thing. I mean, I was a football player, but I played baseball. So I knew that based on my body size, his mom is real short, yeah, and I'm tall. So he's tall. So I said, well, obviously he's got my physical genetics because he's not short, you know, at the end of the day. Yep. So I told him from the time he was probably six or seven years old, I said, you're going to be a tight end like me because he always wanted to be a receiver. I said, well, you know, you're going to be a receiver, but you're going to be a tight end. No, I'm going to be a receiver. Today. Okay, great. So this went on from the time he was six, seven, eight. And I didn't let him play organized football until eighth grade. Yep. And I wasn't going to let him play until high school, but he, he just wore me down to the point where finally eighth grade I said, okay, you can play football. So, of course, I let him do what he wanted to do. Eighth grade, he played receiver. Great. Ninth grade, he goes into New Orleans. I talked to the coach. Coach says, Irv wants to play receiver. I say, great. Let him play receiver. He played receiver. Yep. Tenth grade, the coach came to me and said, <laughs> he's going to be our receiver slash tight end. I said, okay, great. Yep. Eleventh grade, they both came to me and said, all right, Dad, I'm a tight end. I'm and a li- tight end. And literally, <laughs> and I told them, I said, you could be a fast tight end or a slow receiver. Not that he's a slow guy, just that receivers can run four threes. Absolutely. Four fours at worst. Yep. I knew he wasn't going to be a four four guy. I'm like, you you know, but you can be a four five, four six guy. You'll be a fast tight end. I do that. And so, you know, as they say, father those best, you know, you look at your son and you know what, you know, you look at yourself and you know that they're going to be something like you. Well, I think you know best because you had 15 touchdowns in the NFL. So I think you know what a good tight end looks like. Um, Irv wears number 84 for the Vikings, not for Randy Moss, but actually for you. Well, it was, it was a cool story. You know, when he got, when he got to Alabama, uh, of course, he wanted to be 84. Yep. And uh, 82, 84 was already taken. So he said, okay, I'm going to play 82. And I was like, cool, because that was my NFL number. Yep. So then when he gets drafted by the Vikings, of course, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is 80, 82. 82, that's so right. So, so the, the guy, the 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 people paying out numbers, he said, well, my dad was 84 in college, so we <laughs> flip-flopped it. Yep. So it's amazing that he was 82 in college and he's 84 in the NFL, and I'm just grateful that he he, he wanted to honor me with doing that, and I'm excited for him. And I, I just can't wait to get my 84 uh, Irv Smith Jr. jersey because I wore his 84, or I'm sorry, his 82 Alabama jersey. In that every, video every, we just saw. Well, I wore it every game he ever played. I got it his freshman year, and it was funny because his freshman year, you know, he's behind O.J. Howard, yep. and uh, he, you know, he was just this – you know, piddly, you know, freshman on campus, and I'm walking around the, the games, and everybody's like, "Well, who's you know, who's eighty, who's eighty two, who's Irv Smith?" And I'm like, "That's my son." You know, it's like <laughs> it, it, it wasn't cool. And I remember, I believe it was his sophomore year, some of his buddies had got an eighty two jersey, Irv Smith, and, and I was like, "Well, I was the original." Yeah, that's so, me. You know, and so so it's funny because Irv will tell you, I, every game he seen me wearing that jersey from day one when he was quote unquote, and he was nobody there. But now that he's somebody, I'm just excited to be able to. You know, I wasn't the guy that just started wearing the Eric Smith Jr. jersey when he became somebody, but I was always there for him. Well, he's our somebody, that's for sure. We drafted him in, in the second round. You were drafted a little earlier in the first round. Did you kind of go at him a little bit and give him some, give him some stuff well, for well, that? I tell Irv all the time, and I tell the, the reporters all the time, yep. Irv is going to blow away anything that I even thought that I accomplished. He's going to blow those he's things better. away. He, he is. And, and I was blessed to play, and I got drafted early, and I went to a great university, and I liked football. Irv loves football. The reason he's going to be so good because he has a passion for it. He literally eats, sleeps, drinks football. I liked it. I was a baseball player. I wouldn't be like Bo Jackson. I'm a baseball guy, too. There so. you go. So, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the things that he's going to do here, I believe, with the Minnesota Vikings yeah. and his football career, 
he's going to blow. You know, he, he he'll probably knock out the 15 touchdowns I had in his first year or two. So it's you know that's going to be it's going to be like okay, Ersmer Jr. You know, 30, 40, 50. He'll, you know, hopefully he'll end his career with 100 plus touchdowns and go down in history. But the things that I did, he's going to blow those things out the water. And well, I'm that, excited to be there. That's a true dad talking right there. And I mean, we couldn't we couldn't be happier to see your reaction to that video that we played and. And we're just happy to have her Irv in this building. So Thank we appreciate you. you really taking the time with us. And, yeah, that is going to be a special game for you guys out in New Orleans. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks. All right. Good job, Chris. Irv Smith Sr., man. I got, to, I got a chance to meet him, although I wasn't in here for that interview. I was doing something. I can't remember what else. I, I was doing something else. You were able to knock it out. I met him. Seems like a great guy. Pete Bursich. I mean, he was awesome. He played with Pete Bursich, yep. and Pete Bursich has a lot of good things to say about him, but it seemed like you guys had a good combo. I mean, first of all, the guy has a great voice for all you fans listening. Yeah, and he he was so emotional. He had so many good things to say about his son. He downplayed his own career, which was quite a career himself. Um, he also said he was a baseball guy, which I liked. Yeah. He wanted to be Bo Jackson and play baseball and football. And my biggest takeaway from that interview, you just heard it. He said, as you heard in the in the intro, he said, I liked football. Irv, he breathes, eats, sleeps yeah. football. He loves football. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So our thanks to Irv Smith Sr. for joining the podcast. All right, let's get into uh, the, the preseason game, the first one of the preseason. Vikings at New Orleans Saints. Where can we watch it, Wabi? Well, Chris, as you know, the Vikings Entertainment Network does things um, – a little bit differently than some other entertainment networks. We we try to stick with what has always worked and and service the traditional part of our brand, but the Vikings Entertainment Network is always trying new things. And the Vikings Entertainment Network, in conjunction with Fox 9 here locally, does something uh, somewhat unique um, for the NFL. We do a preseason simulcast where our radio broadcast and our television broadcast of the preseason games are synced up. So basically what you have, uh, layman's terms, is you have the play-by-play guy, you have the analyst, and you have the sideline analysts for radio also doing TV and vice versa. So obviously Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, and Pete Burstich will be in the booth. You'll have Greg Coleman and uh, Ben Lieber on the sidelines for the television radio simulcast. Locally here, television-wise, it's on Fox 9. That's Channel 9 in Minneapolis and St. Paul. The radio broadcast, of course, will be on KFAN-FM 100.3, KTLK-AM 1130. That is the Minnesota Vikings radio network. It is a television and radio simulcast. Also, the pregame show on the Vikings radio network is hosted by Mike Musman. It includes yours truly, uh, usually about... 20 to 25 minutes before kickoff is when I uh, hop on there and talk football with Musk. Musk does a great job hosting the show, and that pregame show, again, begins at 5 o'clock p.m. Central Time on Friday. Kickoff for the Vikings and the Saints is 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time on Friday, so make sure you check all of that out. Um, and again, that preseason simulcast is... Um, is not is something not every team does, but we do it, and it presents some challenges, particularly on the radio side. But it gives Vikings uh, a great experience because the radio team that they love so much and listen to so much during the regular season, they also get to catch them on TV, and it's a lot of fun. And I um, I sit in the TV booth with PA and Bursich, sit between them, do stats and spotting, and uh, we pour a lot into that broadcast. There's a lot of great folks behind the scenes that you don't hear about or you don't hear from or you don't even see their names 
who work really hard on that simulcast, and uh, it takes a lot of people to pull it off, and everyone does a great job. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. And that's how you can take in preseason game number one. Remember, preseason game number two on Sunday, August 18th, is a nationally broadcast game by Fox. And then for preseason game three and four, we'll get back to those um, those local broadcasts and the simulcasts. Um, Chris, the night practice. Yes. I was not there. For the second year in a row, I missed the night practice. Last year. What was, was your excuse this year? Well, I had to go to a wedding this year. <laughs> it was my brother. So Oh, that's okay. It was that's I was happy to be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was in Naples, Florida, uh, for my brother's wedding. Missed the night practice. I missed it last year because I was at uh, Hall of Fame festivities um, for Randy Moss. This year I missed it for the wedding. You were there, though. I was. So what happened? It was a what a scene that we had at TCO Stadium behind the TCO Performance Center. It is such a cool setting for the fans to come to practice and watch the players play out on the turf. Coach Zimmer let the players go on for a little longer than normal for a practice, which was really good to see. And gosh, was it a good practice for the offense, man. I really, a lot of the players, um, a lot of the targets, the wide receivers made some really great catches. I'd say the highlight of the night practice was Jeff Bidette, okay, who kind of tipped the ball like four times on a deep pass, went off a helmet of a defender, and he was able to catch the ball and, and get into the end zone, which was pretty cool. You can find that video on Vikings.com. Um, Adam Thielen made a few nice grabs. I saw one, that. One one-handed grab from Kirk Cousins. Stephon Diggs was all over the field as well. Um, really, really, really good work out for the offensive side of the ball. The defense, we know what to expect there. Um, a funny thing at the end of the practice, every year Coach Zimmer takes the mic and introduces his team to the fans who were there and um, loud as ever, which was awesome to see. Coach thanked the fans, and he also did a little impromptu uh, interview with Adam Thielen. Yeah. yeah. That, that was really cool. All right, so that's good. So uh, overall, good night. We stayed healthy, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, during that practice, which is always we a big did. thing. Yeah, so that's good. We want to stay healthy on Friday night as well. So um, another successful night practice for the Minnesota Vikings under the lights at TCO Stadium. All right, let's get to fan voicemails. Now, uh, this is a fun new feature that we have on the podcast, and we've got some more to get to today. Uh, the topic for last week was, with, with it being Hall of Fame enshrinement weekend, we asked folks to call and leave us a voicemail on – who they thought on the current roster would have the best chance to be a candidate for enshrinement in the Pro Football Hall of Fame someday. And, Chris, I understand we've got some good submissions. Submissions were great. All right. And we have, the best part about them is that we have like five, four or five different, different options on the Vikings okay. roster. So. so we want you to take a listen to these. We're going to react to them. And then when we're done listening to these voicemails, we have a topic for next week, and we'll give you the number because we want to hear from you on that topic, and we'll include it in next week's podcast for now though let's hear voicemail one from episode three of the minnesota vikings podcast hey this is chris calling from port orchard washington i've been a fan of the vikings since i was nine years old in 1999 i think the only viking right now that you can really say is a is a no doubt about her hall of famer is harrison smith uh, and watching him since he got drafted to the vikings in the early 2010s i've watched him play constantly and Seeing his ability to play within the linebacker box, uh, to play the run, to play the blitz, uh, to disguise defenses, to disguise wherever he needs to be on the field. He also has this incredible ability 
to have that intangible and that instinct to be at the right spot at the right time, anywhere, any spot, any given position time opportunity on the field. It's, it is very, very hard to say that this man won't be in the Hall of Fame one day and a guy who we can all sit back and say, yeah, Harry the Hitman, he was one of the greatest safeties of all time. He's just that good of a player. So I got to say Harry Hitman for that one. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, very well-reasoned, probably um, probably the most likely one right now, don't you think? I think that's an educated fan right there, and I love that last line where he said, we can say he's one of the best safeties of all time, not just yeah. of Vikings all time, yeah. of all time. Yeah, so I think that's a, a well-reasoned uh, response, and um, you know, I, I would say most likely, like right now, Probably the answer is Harrison Smith. I think there are some others, though, uh, who will have a shot if they can continue their upward trajectory. Let's see what some other folks have to say. Yo, what's up, everybody? Um, thanks for taking my call. My name is JR out of Southern California. I love the Vikings and birth. Um, but, you know, um, if anybody were to get the Hall of Fame um, to get called out, I think it would be maybe Xavier Rhodes. But um, one thing I really do love about this team is, like, I know it's supposed to call about the Hall of Fame, but we have so many role players and so many really, really good players on this team, especially like our defensive line upgraded a little. So, you know, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, they're going to be able to do their thing a little better. And our secondary is amazing. So um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this season. Hashtag school, go Vikings. Couple beep outs on okay. that one. Couple wow. beep outs. I like it, man. It's only August, but that that guy's ready to go. He's stoked. He's yeah. in for. He's in for it. I like it. Hey, that we, was good. We love the passion and enthusiasm. I mean, that, that's why uh, that's why we're opening up the phone lines for y'all to leave us a voicemail. I love it. So I love it. All right, let's hear some more. This is Van in Fort Worth, Texas, on a conference call with a football legend here. Thanks, Van and Wally. This is Pete Jackson broadcasting live from Pearl Gates Stadium. The football excitement is so intense, and the angels are on their feet here, blasting their harps. Now me, Frank Gifford, and Pat Summerall have been discussing up here what current Minnesota Viking is to be blushed in the future with a Hall of Fame jacket. Since gentlemen like Tavares Jackson and Troy Williamson are no longer current Vikings, we had to throw them out. Alas, we decided it would be Daniil Real Deal Hunter that would be the granddaddy of them all and would have his bust enshrined in Canton someday. Wonelli and Skull Vikings. <laughs> all right, now my man, Van. <laughs> my man got in all the key phrases from Keith Jackson. The granddaddy of them all. Wonelli. The Real Deal. He did it. Yep, yep. that's very well done. Um, he did it last week. Too. I'm not getting sick of the impersonations. <laughs> Keep them coming, please. And I also like that they're <laughs> that they're classics. They're not the new school ones because we got a lot of great voices in the new school, but we don't need them to be, um, you know, impersonated. We we like the classics. He's bringing them back to life. So I want to see who he does next week. I'm not going to offer a suggestion. I have one I want to hear, but I'm not going to offer it yet. I want to see who he does next week. Awesome. Let's go to the next one. Hi, this is Anders from near Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and the player that I think most likely to make the Hall of Fame is Daniel Hunter. He's so young, he has so much potential, and if he can keep going at the rate he's going over the past few years, he'll be a Hall of Famer for sure. It's goal. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Anders is on um, is on the right track there, I think. I said Harrison is probably the most likely one. Was that the last voicemail? We have one more. Oh, we have one more, okay. 
Um, I think Harrison's the most likely one right now, but I mean, Daniel Hunter had 14 and a half sacks last year, so Anders is right. I mean, if he continues that pace, like I think Daniel's got a shot to have the most sacks um, at the age of 24 in NFL history or something like that if he has like five and a half this year. I'm going to have to check with our PR guys on that stat, but it's something like that. We'll come back um, in next week's show with that stat, but it's like five and a half sacks is all he needs to have the most sacks by any player through age 23 or 24 in NFL history, so... I think that's a logical answer as well. And if you look at the body on him, uh, yeah, you don't see a guy that big every now yeah. and then. He's got a Hall of Fame type yeah. body I mean, as a defensive who, end. Who was it? Some some analyst just said he's like LeBron he's James and shoulder pads, right? He's huge. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, that, that's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, it kind of shows you the respect that he's garnering nationally. So, All right, one more. Here we go. What's up, boys? It's uh, Paul Allen here from Seattle, Washington. I'm um, just calling in about, uh, you know, the current, uh, I guess you could say, player on the roster. Can I have some money? Uh, most likely to make the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And I'm going to give you a curveball here. Um, I'm not going to pick a player. I'm actually going to pick a coach. Oh. Uh, let's go with Coach Zim. Obviously, he's going to need a few more wins and uh, a Super Bowl or two. But, honestly, he's got so much um, widespread support from the entire league and, um, you know, the other room, rooms of coaches. So, um, look for Zim to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Skull. Now, Paul Allen from Seattle, Washington, is the owner of the Seattle Seahawks. So if that was Paul Allen, like you said, Wabi, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll take some, some money for that call. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and he can say whatever he wants in the voicemail if he sends us enough money. We won't, we won't even beep him out. <laughs> we won't even beep him out. He can, <laughs> you can say if he sends us enough money. If uh, that's his name, that's his name. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, love the voicemail feature. It's fun. Uh, again, the that best. number. Yeah, that number. 952-918-8438. That's the number. You call that number. Chris will not answer it. You'll reach voicemail, and you'll leave us a voicemail. Now, this one, what we want you to do for next week, when you call that number and leave your thoughts, we want you to watch the preseason game against homework. the Saints on Friday You got Friday some night. homework. So you got some homework. Watch that game, then call that number preferably let yourself calm down from after having some beverages in the game and all that. Maybe let yourself give yourself the, the old 15-minute cool-down period after the game. Give us a call and let us know your thoughts on the game. But particularly, we want to know someone that you saw in the game that, that may have earned a spot on the roster because of their performance. Or maybe someone who was behind someone else on the roster, but they jumped up. Someone on the roster bubble who performed well in the game and has enhanced their chances of making the 53-man roster. That is your homework for Friday night and for Episode 4 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast when you call in and leave us a voicemail. Again, that number, 952-918-8438. All right, let's give my man Robbie Rosenhouse a call. Come on, Robbie, answer. Hello? Robbie. Yo. What's up, man? Hey, bud. You're on the Minnesota Vikings podcast right now. <laughs> wow. Why does it say that the phone call comes from South Korea? I mean... <laughs> does it really say that? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I know you guys are good souls, but I didn't know you were calling from somewhere. Right, right. Well played. Robbie, I, I don't, I can't answer that question. Okay, it's way above my head. We're gonna have to get Cheryl Nygaard in here to do that. All I'm concerned about 
is talking to you. This is um, a cold call in the business, a business you're familiar with because you do radio. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. you've just made a major transition in your career, um, which we can get into in a little bit. But you were here last week. You were at TCO Performance Center last week taking in Vikings training camp. And so we want to know your thoughts, what you saw, what you heard, what the facility was like, and what you saw at practice. How was your trip to Minnesota? Well, the trip was great. I mean, the weather couldn't have been nicer. I mean, uh, and I was there Wednesday, Thursday, and I didn't go Friday afternoon. I had uh, I had some other business to take care of. But and that's actually when I believe the defense started making some significant strides, which was last Friday. But from what I saw Wednesday and Thursday, I mean, the offense really um, looked crisp. I wasn't able to get over on the other side. Uh, if you if you're if you're familiar out there listening with how the position groups were positioned on the field, the running back group and the offensive line were on the far side. So it was it was a little harder to access than the defensive uh, guys and the wide receivers and and defensive backs in general. So that's what I got the closest look at. And what I did see, I'll tell you one quick story uh, from Wednesday afternoon. During uh, seven on, I believe it was seven on seven drills. So I, I was standing there, and uh, I was gracious enough to uh, have a sideline pass for Wednesday afternoon. And I was standing there behind the end zone watching team drills, and uh, I saw Zimmer. I actually have a, a, a short. Uh, I actually have a picture of of Zimmer kind of gesturing towards Mac, who he was really frustrated with. And you guys, I'm sure, have talked about it in the past about how Zimmer. His pet projects have been defensive backs since he's come in the league, whether it be Woodson in Dallas, whether it be Rhodes here, or even Dion, who yep. didn't need any help. He's one of the all-time greats. So he was kind of watching Mac, and as we've seen and as we know, Mac has a lot of talent. He really came on the last six, seven, eight games of last year, and with Holton Hill out and Trey Waynes being a free agent after this year, the defensive backs are really what caught my eye and uh, caught Zimmer's eye, for that matter, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, Zim, Zim was, he got a little, first of all, Robbie, tell people where you are. So I'm actually on the corner of 57th and Lexington Avenue, right outside um, the Bloomberg uh, New York headquarters here. Bloomberg um, is located here in the heart of New York City. Um, yeah. Michael Bloomberg, who was the mayor of New York City, uh, you everybody knows out there. So I work in their radio division now. I made a move from... Uh, sports radio, WFAN here in New York, which broadcasts the Yankees and the Giants, New York Giants, among other teams. Um, I made a move to the uh, political and business side, and uh, I'll be, I'm working in the uh, Bloomberg Radio Division now, producing a bunch of their uh, programming uh, centered around stock markets and things like that. Robbie, it's your, your New York guy here. Hey, what's up, Chris? How what's, are you, bud? What's going on? The, I, I do not like the uh, 57th and Lexington area in the middle of the summer. <laughs> no, it is It's got to be hot and sweaty in there. Okay, so before I got the <laughs> South Korea alert, I actually got, and you guys know because you have iPhones, you have iPhones, I got a flash flood warning as I was walking out of the building to go to lunch. And I walk outside, and it is teeming out. I mean, people have umbrellas. I mean, it was a complete... <laughs> Uh, the sky completely turned dark and it just started pouring on everybody. So I had to step back inside as uh, as the restaurants wait for me about a block away as I as I uh, finish up with you guys. But this cold call is great. I okay. Mean, uh, 
you know, the food, the food can wait. The yeah, okay, good. <laughs> well, so you're on your lunch break. You took time out of your lunch break to chat with us, but I just think it's cool for people to think about the fact that you're a major Vikings fan, you're a friend of the family, and you're in the middle of New York City right now talking about your team to us. It's super cool. Now, I will have you know, and I don't know if you, you probably already heard this, but Zim sort of softened up his stance on the defense uh, the other day. He, he's starting to get a little happier with him now. So rest easy. Zim thinks the defense is back on track, okay? Well, that's good. I mean, we've got a lot of veterans there. I know that he's been giving them some time off, but it's time to rev it up. The calendar is flipped to August. We go to New Orleans this week. we got four in the preseason. Then we open up with Matty Ice, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Matty Ice, that's right. I love it. The first Vikings game that you will see in person this season is where? That will be about 12 miles from where I stand nice. on October, I believe, October 6th <laughs> against the New York Football Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Cornfield. And <laughs> who, knows, who knows who the quarterback is going to be uh, for, the, for the Giants by then because, you know, uh, the battle in camp has been between Eli and rookie Daniel Jones, who was taken at sixth overall, much to the chagrin of Giants fans. So, That'll be the first game I'll be at this year. Uh, we'll be Vikings-Giants week six, and uh, we certainly have a, uh, a checkered history against the Giants, as Chris will tell you, and he knows all too well, 41 nothing, 19 years ago. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, well, um, hopefully Linval is hungry for Saquon Barkley that day because I think we're going to need to uh, focus on him more so than the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Our run defense, Shamar, who's a local guy from Long Island, so he'll be coming back home. He's a New Yorker, so absolutely I'm sure he'll be revved. Yeah, he'll be revved up to play uh, to play in his hometown. So I can't wait for that. I believe that's Week Five, so yeah. that'll be Week Five. That'll be the first game uh, I'll be at. At uh, I can't even say beautiful, so I'll say. Uh, picturesque MetLife Stadium. How yep, about that? that's right. All right, man, um, go back to your lunch break. Good luck with the new job. Um, I enjoy uh, our conversation, so make sure uh, you keep sending me your thoughts, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat before the Saints game because we always do, but enjoy watching that first preseason game, all right? Awesome. Can't wait. Last time I was outside of P.S. Chang. Now I'm outside yes. of a pizza place and a Chick-fil-A, so I don't know what's going to complete the, the food bingo card next time you call. Back. All right. Well, I mean, keep us posted. One more South Korea call from uh, we'll see where you end up next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, thanks, guys. I'm sending me charts to Ziggy, okay? Okay, okay you got it. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's my man, Robbie, right <laughs> the there. Hell is, uh, he's the man. I love him. Yeah, he is. I Very mean, passionate about dude, the team. Dude, he, he, he went to school at the U of M, all right? And so I think – I don't know if he was a Vikings fan before that, but, I mean, he, he went to school here in Minnesota, so that's his connection. And he um, I got to know him through PA because he, he was uh, an acquaintance of PA's before mine, but, and that's how I got to know him. But I, I see him a couple of times on the road every season. He comes to Minnesota to visit. Um, as you can tell, he's a gregarious guy. He's a huge <laughs> Vikings fan. And anytime you want to talk football, you just lob a text to Robbie. And he's, I mean, he responds within two minutes. He was ready to go. He doesn't ignore my texts like Thielen does. <laughs> and, uh, and we get to chat football. So uh, speaking of football, let's get to the term of the day. You've got one, Chrissy. That is right. What do you got for term of the day? Well, we talked about the two tight end sets that you will see from the Vikings offense this season. Yeah. That will obviously involve Irv Smith's Junior, quite a bit, yep, and Kyle Rudolph, yeah. So, Wabi, explain to the fans what personnel yeah. 
what the personnel means and some of those terms that the offense will use this season. Well, you always hear numbers when, when, when it comes to personnel groupings. You hear 12 personnel or 22 personnel or 11 personnel. So that's what we're going to explain. And all it is is it's, it's the number of running backs and tight ends on the field. So 22 personnel is two running backs and two tight ends, which means you have one receiver on the field. 21 personnel, two running backs, and one tight end. So that, that's what the number system means. It's, it's running backs with tight ends, and then you just do the math to figure out how many receivers are out there. So 11 personnel means you're going to have three receivers out on the field because you have one back and one tight end, which is two, and you got to get to five because you're going to have five eligible receivers. So you got three receivers out there. So that's sort of how it's broken down. So if you hear an announcer or an analyst or a player or a coach talking about personnel groupings, and they use that number system, and they say they're in 12 personnel. That's one running back and two tight ends. Running back first, tight end second. Do the math. Five minus whatever that number is, that's how many receivers are out there. So that's the term of the day, personnel groupings. Love it. Um, Two things. Number one is we've announced a new partnership that we're super excited about. That is right. VN is super excited to welcome legendary broadcaster Mark Rosen to join us for some great content this year and we are we are super excited about it. The main thing that he will be working on on with us is going to be the Kirk Cousins podcast for the season. Um, you'll be able to find that podcast that will air on KFAN on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. and after that you will be able to find a video version of the podcast on all of the Vikings platforms and you will have that audio podcast on all of our podcast platforms. So we're super excited about it. There's going to be some great game reaction. The show is called Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Um, Mark Rosen will be leading the show. Yours truly here, Chris Corso, will be producing the show. I'm super excited to work with Mark and very excited to see um, what Kirk is going to bring to us on the show. He's also going to be hosting a show with you as well. Yes, that's right. He's going to be um, a co-host of Skull Stories, which is also going to be weekly during the season. It's going to be Thursdays at 6 p.m., I believe, on uh, FM 100.3, The Fan. And uh, we'll dive into historically significant players, coaches, individuals, news events, uh, parts of the team's history every single week. And Mark Rosen's going to be a great person to help us do that. So we're looking forward to that show as well. Also, uh, Mark will be doing in-stadium stuff for home games. That is right. Um, so you'll see him if you go to if you go to games at U.S. Bank Stadium. You'll see Mark up on the big screen, uh, probably mo- uh, mostly at halftime. So uh, we're super excited about that. Mark retired from the TV business. So he was a longtime uh, sports anchor at WCCO here locally. He's retired from that, but he's still working a lot with KFAN here in Minneapolis, St. Paul and the Twin Cities, and now, of course, a lot with us. So we're super excited about that partnership. Lastly, let's go enjoy the preseason, folks. Yes. The preseason is here. I'm telling you, a lot of folks don't get excited about it. We're going to play three preseason games in 15 days, okay? And then we're going to have that final game on the 29th, um, and we're going to get our rosters down to 53 by the 31st. So, I mean... This, is, this thing is going to go fast, so you all don't like the preseason, but I'm telling you to enjoy it. Everything right now, the 2019 season, is right in front of you. We wait so long for football to get here. When, it, when it's over in February, we're waiting. And yeah, we get 
free agency and the combine and the draft to help tide us over in the offseason program, but we really want games. Yep. Okay? And it's here. So don't wish away the preseason. Take this in. Livelihoods are at stake. Careers and futures are at stake. And the fortunes for the Vikings in 2019 are at stake here beginning in August with the preseason. So please sit back and enjoy these four preseason games. We hope you sat back and enjoyed Episode 3 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We thank Irv Smith Sr. for joining us. We encourage you to check out the Vikings' first preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. And remember to call and leave us a voicemail and let us know what you thought about that first preseason game. And we can include it on Episode 4 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. On behalf of co-producer Jay Nelson... Co-producer and co-host Chris Corso. This is Wabi signing off for now. Episode 3 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast is over. The preseason is about to begin. Skull Vikings. <laughs>